But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. I'm like, is there a new Toshi Station? No. Dang it. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. All our power converters are on back order, but we've got a lot of X-Wing to talk about, so let's get to it. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex, because we only do our first names at the beginning, right? No, it's it's only first names at the end. And I'm month. Greg. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is like that is at least that is at least four times in a row that we've screwed up either the beginning or the end with our names. Well, to keep that rolling, we, we've made this even more complicated by adding a fifth person today. Uh, we are joined by the Iron Man of X-Wing from our sister podcast across the state, the Midwest Scrubcast, Matt Carey, ladies and gentlemen. Hello there. I, I actually just came here to pick up my power converters, but I guess they're still on back order. Yep. All out. Always are. Always we're, are. We're it's the holiday great season. Great at podcasts and have excellent customer service. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Matt, uh, how have things been for you lately? Uh, pretty good. Uh, just yeah, I got to be on the XTC team, which is really cool. And uh, I don't know, it, it like things are opening up in real life, and we've been able to play some real games against people. And man, it's it's just a different experience, and I enjoy having that back. Yeah, I agree. It's I I enjoyed TTS while we were stuck at home, but in person, it's just way better. Yeah. It is also way louder, which is taking some getting used to. That is too. true. Yeah, after a year of comfort no and quiet at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting getting to actually see people across the table has been super fun. Uh getting you know in our local chat we got pictures of Greg out playing, so Yeah. I got to see Mike for the first time. Greg doesn't want to uh, drive an hour week. and a half to come play with us. I see how it is. He I needs have to, do to come get his trophy from the child. mini Glorian. Yes, I need to, and I have a yeah, I have a medal, and yeah, Indeed. I need to see you guys. I want to come up so bad, but I just can't find the time. Ah, well, totally yeah, you mean you got a, a little person, so <laughs> yes, yes, and multiple little people. Uh, our like local... one brand new. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no time left the presents. Start teaching them. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> You know, let, let them do some list building. I mean, you know, whatever they put together will probably fit into the Topeka meta. So nice. <laughs> See, I was gonna, I was gonna burn Newt there with a, that's what Newt like. Newt list builds like a baby too, but Newt beat me to it. <laughs> <It's just> disappointing. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, I play, I play X Wing the way that my ex used to pick football games by who had the cooler uniforms. And I was like, what looks like it'd be really cool. I'm gonna fly, which is why I own two Punishers. <laughs> <laughs> and and you say list build like two or like the Topeka meta, uh, two Topeka folks. Technically, Mike's from Lawrence, but we don't talk about it. Went down to Manhattan and got first and second in a in person store champ ish type. Oh, it was less than champ. ten people, but so congratulations like to them. Store champ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, to toot the Kansas horn a little more, just this weekend at the Bespin Galactic Qualifier, a Kansas boy took it home, and we'll get into that a bit later. But uh, I don't love Kansas boy, for the record. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that, we've had some actual X-Wing news 
come in recently. Uh, AMG confirmed again via their Twitch stream that sanctioned tournaments will happen, though not in 2021, but they are looking at options that aren't going to be the standard 200.6 obstacle format. Uh, they've said this before, but it's... I have a very specific gripe that pertains to this real quick. Okay. 206 slash 106 version is the worst name for that format ever. 200 is one person's n- amount of yeah. points, but six is two people's yeah. amount of obstacles. I always 203, 406. Pick a side. Yeah. I agree. End of gripe. <laughs> that is a very specific gripe, but I see It doesn't your come point. up very often, but pick a side. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so your, your standard... Uh, point at each other and shoot is not going to be the only competitive format once things get going. Uh, I'm glad to see that's still on the radar, and AMG probably going to have some interesting things for us once we get back into the thick of things. I'm not going to... like They they might do a bigger push than FFG did, but FFG has tried this a couple times, and it never works. Well, the, the game is different from back in the old days. I think uh, I'm willing to give it a I shot. Mean, they've tried it in second edition, like with the the themed ones like the the first order versus oh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah things like that like, having played uh, having played in one of those uh not only not only played in one of those it was a battle of yavin two-person team tournament and uh that was just uh aka empire wins so it's uh my, my point is, is that point is. is that they're like people talk about wanting these a lot but they're never actually very successful like they, they're just people weren't very interested in them when they came out and and maybe they'll come up with something more interesting that'll Catch people's attention, but uh, I, I, I'm 100 percent willing to believe that AMG is going to put a good faith try into making other formats competitive, and I mm-hmm. hope they're successful. Um, I, I don't think it's a guarantee by any means. They yeah, do that would... with Crisis Protocol, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, obviously, it's a different, completely different game, but that's how they originally planned to do their competitive, or. I don't even know if they use the word competitive. They're organized play. So maybe they're actually the best people to really give this a go. Yeah, and like I'm totally open for the possibility. I just think that the X-Men community is really rooted in the 206 format. Uh, <laughs> dogfight. We call it dogfight. Uh, dogfight, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just... Uh, cynical about it until I actually see what their formats are. Doug's been Probably burned actually. too many times before. He's That's understandable. Now. One thing I think of is that there's all there has been a, we'll call it a vocal minority of players that have been saying things like, you know, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, the, the special car, objectives. Objectives when, you know, we want objectives play, and that might be one of the things out there. And even if it doesn't take off and it isn't popular, the fact that it is out there as an option should make mm-hmm. more players happy. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. And it's just the, the competitive part is going to be the issue there. Like, right. And I think that's going to mean like, you know, hey, we're going to put out this new set and these new... Uh, tournament kits and we want you to do it as these formats i don't think we're going to see like official store champs or system opens be told you're going to be objective format but like that's the thing is it's not a competitive format if premier level events aren't following it i say i also think that's part of why they failed in the past is uh if you don't make some sort of like actual structured event designed around it like with price support people are just going to default to the thing that does have price support like it's fun to do an alternate format but like if you have a bunch of people that are practicing for a regional, they're going to want to keep practicing for the regional over doing that. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting to see where it goes. 
Uh, in oh, addition, and, that, and we're not saying that they're guaranteed to fail or anything. We're just saying that there's no guarantee they'll succeed. Yeah, I they're guaranteed to fail. I'm taking a hard <laughs> stance. No, like 206. <laughs> and that's like its the, true name. The, the name specifically hates the format. <laughs> uh, but what we've also been seeing is a lot of previews for the upcoming Trident class epic ship. If that's your bag, uh, check out Atomic Mass Games on Twitter and Facebook. They've been pretty regularly, every couple of days or so, uh, putting some more of the cards out there. Everything they've shown so far has been for epic play only, which I like that uh, they've made that the model for 2.0. Is that if you don't want to do epic play, if you don't want to play with huge ships, you're not obligated to buy this $70 model yeah, to get I'm a sure card you need. I'm pretty sure that's something FFG, FFG promised. Yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah, that was a 2.0 promise. You wouldn't have to buy non standard expansions to get standard cards that being exactly. said the trident looks really cool it really yeah. does yeah. it looks it's like the coolest epic like it yeah if anything really... it's just gonna sit on my shelf but i mean i'm playing with it in the game but it's gonna sit on that ship yeah. i'm gonna look at it it looks amazing and if um, people don't know what the trident ship is it's the one that everybody's referring to as the squid ship the first you know not the first episode of Clone Wars, but like the second arc of Clone Wars the, when they attack the, Kamino. It's that ship. Right, <laughs> the one that slams in and they the, the droids kind of funnel out of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. love that the cards are so thematic to that. The idea of the, the ship just throwing things around with tractor tokens to simulate the idea that it's grabbing them with these tentacles and chucking them about and... Uh, treat ships at range one as if they're at range zero and do an extra die of damage. I was like, that all sounds amazing. Just thematically, uh, I know we've had our things that theme should not trump gameplay, but when you're looking at something like Epic, and especially a ship like this, where you can use the existing rules to mirror the theme, that's what I love when it happens. Also, for the record, in Epic, theme should 100% trump balance. Yeah, because like and it epic, has kind of. because epic is not balanced, so it's no. like yeah, just like maximize the amount of fun that you can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's outrageous. It's supposed it, to be outrageous. I still, I will always wish that Vader Defender had just had Advanced Vader's ability, and he was just an epic only ship, and he was he was the epic ship you brought was the ridiculous <laughs> two hundred point Darth Vader Defender that can do whatever it wants. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, relegate him to the uh, the the weird little niche of epic, but you know what I remember uh, when we were talking about alternate formats uh, back in the days of 1.0 worlds, where there was always a two-person epic team event going on. Doug and I those. went defeated in those tournaments. We sure As did. In we never won a game. <laughs> <laughs> Clint, Clint. Uh... Houston and I were going to do Adepticon 2020 as the Epic team, but that got canceled. The worst part of that Adepticon leaving is that I missed my road trip with Greg. I was yep. so excited for Greg True. to road trip with us. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was the perfect time. That was like my last one. I don't... Uh, sad. Yeah. I've never been to Adepticon. I wanted to go so bad. It's, it's my favorite X-Wing event. It feels like so long ago. Does that not it's feel really, like years? It yeah. Really does. Oh. It was it's over a year at this point. It's mm-hmm. 15 months. Yeah, because Adepticon was going to be May 2020. And... Yeah. Well, on the brighter note of modern events, uh, Matt, you mentioned it, that both you and Doug are playing uh, on Team USA for the X-Wing Team Championship. Uh, the first round, USA versus Sweden. 
the home team went six and one with yeah. everybody, uh, except for I believe I it was think the we count as the home team for the record. It's a Euro it's a- tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Or America, anywhere is our home team. Yeah, all right. They don't even have a flag. I'm pretty sure they do, but they stole it from an IKEA. Uh, so I know that Doug, we've discussed that you're flying. Any Swedish people here? We do not condone other <laughs> people. I just want to throw that out there. I had a wonderful time playing my opponent. He was very nice. Also, I love your meatballs. <laughs> so, so, Doug, we mentioned on the last podcast that you're representing the First Order in this team with your uh, Von Reg Kylo list. Uh, yeah, Matt, I, don't what think, are, I don't think the list had even been established by then. It was a while ago. Yeah, uh, Matt, what are you flying for Team USA? I'm flying Ahsoka and Hera with Prockets. Ahsoka's got uh, Instinctive Aim, so she can launch a Procket without uh, focus. And then... Uh, We've got Jan Ors with Jen Urso and the Moldy Crow title and an engine upgrade. And then we have Wed- Baby Wedge in the A-Wing. Uh, I really like that. Yeah. yeah no. the Hawk 3A is... Uh... Also, I don't want to understate how freaking valuable uh, Instinctive Aim is on Ahsoka when she has Prockets. Yeah. Oh, it's one point. Money, Why not bring it? Every money time. in the bank. Fully modified Prockets beats focus modified Prockets every day. Mm. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. And uh, since we didn't cover it, Doug, what is your uh, first order list? Uh, so I think in the last podcast, I was talking about doing Kylo Von Reg and a Sinar, and uh, I just dropped the Sinar. <laughs> <laughs> and added supernatural and, and added a couple upgrades to Kylo. Yeah, so it's uh, it's supernatural prime thrusters, proton torpedo Kylo, and then lone wolf afterburners Von Reg, and uh, only a 12 point bid. Oh. Only. So I, I like we, how you I mean, added a Sinar worth of upgrades to Kylo. <laughs> hey, technically, it was only most of a Sinar. I didn't have a bid in the other list. <laughs> but as we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, Doug, you had played your second round match uh, against Hungary, where you were going up against, I believe it was a Dash, Jake, and Wedge list. X, yeah, X-Wing Wedge specifically. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to come up with some kind of easy name for these Wedges, because... Uh, when, I, when I type it, I just capitalize the A in Wedge for A-Wing Wedge. Hold on. You could call A-Wing Wedge Wedge A. I, I've, heard, I've heard people say no. Wedgelet. Wedgelet? You could also just call them Wedgey. Wedgie. Yeah. Wedgie. 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 Wedgie should be in an E-Wing. <laughs> Wadge. Wadge. Wadge is good. Wadge and his. Uh, the only thing is, is you have to you have to put the X in the X version, so it'll be Wixdigged. Wixdigged. It could be, you can just add the X to the end to be Wedge X. Wedge X. Wedge X and Wedge. That game took place in the middle of the day today. Doug, I assume you're still working from home? Yes, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I took an hour off of work in the middle of the day to do it. Yeah, because I we got the message. I'm I was on my lunch break and I see in our chat Doug going, Hey, if anybody wants it, my game's starting in like ten minutes. I was like, I have a meeting at one thirty. No. Okay, Doug, finish him fast. No, he sent a link and I was like, Wait, is that right now? And he's like, <laughs> Yeah. And then I realized I was like, Okay, you're playing somebody in Hungary. Like Yeah. You right, have yeah, to do it during I the day. Figure, I didn't find out about the stream until eight this morning, so it was it was a surprise to me as well. Uh, but, uh, 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 so 
So I just Surprise, uh, sure. Anyways, just, the game went well. I don't think we ever actually mentioned that. <laughs> it, it was, that was uh, one it was of the most super, intense games I've ever seen. Yeah, mm. it was super close. I nearly went to a final salvo with a half Kylo versus the rest of a list twice in three days, which was interesting. But <laughs> well, and, we'll get to uh, that for Bestman. But. Yeah, I know that, Matt, your first round match against Sweden was also a close nail biter. Yeah, that was really close. Like, uh, Harry got in a bad spot at the very beginning. He had, uh, my opponent had boosted a V-Wing into a position that I hadn't anticipated and had caught Ahsoka and Hera with their pants down and Hera paid for it. And then I had no clue what to do with Jan because Jan can't, it was like, she's less AC than the A-Wings. So I was like, well, I can't just joust a list head on while the rest of my list is being AC and dodging it. So she was just out of position the entire match. However, she was still able to pump up uh, the Jan for uh, for Wedgelet. Say it. Wedge. <laughs> no, wedge. no. I, you said pump up the Jan. Yeah, yeah. Pump, <laughs> pump up the Jan. Pump, pump up the Jan. Up the yeah. Jan. No? Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, um, no. That That's the reference I'm making. Pump up the Jan. Oh, Greg wants you to do it. Though. Greg wants you to say Yeah, it. I want you to do it. <laughs> pump up the Jan. Pump it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. All right, fine, we're back. Like. And we're back. Yeah. We're back. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, that came down to the last two turns, and I was able to kill a V-Wing and his lat, and my two A-Wings were able to escape his arc to... uh seal the win yeah one of these weeks usa is gonna get bit in the butt because we had so many razor's yeah. edge games that all went our way this week like well i guess other than marcel's game which was razor's edge and went the other way but like, yeah uh, of it, the seven games i want to say like four of them yeah the four changed on the last turn like Ooh. it was crazy hey can we talk about how many bombs wedge it <laughs> all of the bombs on this yeah turn. So I believe uh, Gold Squadron streamed this one. Yeah. So, but, but I, it, they were they're calculated, and for the most of the time, he did get the negative effect. He would get like a strain, like he got uh, damaged once, and then I think he got two strain, and then Ahsoka got the same thing, where she got damaged once and then got two strain. So it's like I I was like I can I can take these bombs so long as I'm out of arc. And yeah. I'll just lose uh, one damage. That's what you have to do with aces into a heavy bomb list. Like mm -hmm. you, you have to accept you're going to eat some bombs. You just gotta mm -hmm. minimize while maximizing your gains yeah. elsewhere. Like, and if I get a blank, then that's even better. But you know, there wasn't too many blanks rolled. However, he rolled so many hits on his on his ships taking the bombs, and that really helped. Literally hoisted yeah. by his own petard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will say after that opening, well, I guess. You lost Terra. Your in-game flying was fantastic. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, a state that I had to recover, and I saw that it was recoverable. It was just like, oh man, I got to fly great here, and I did. But like the the opening was just like I look at it and I'm like, okay, I know how to do this better now, but I wish I had known this like you know before the match. I I, I know how I would approach it different now. Mm -hmm. I hate that feeling. Like you, like you have a really bad opening to a game, and then you're at the end of the game, you're like, man, if I just played a little bit better at the first turn of the game, I could have won this game so easily. <laughs> yeah, like I, I hate that feeling. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's almost like that's a talent that all X play X wing players have. It's kind of like uh, foresight. It's hindsight. 
You know, yeah. at, during the end phase, realize what you should have done. Yeah. I mean, that the, those are the matches that I like, are the ones that you can look at and be like, okay, this is what I did wrong. Uh, I had, uh, I know this is kind of jumping forward, but uh, in Bespin, I had a match where I was like, I swear I did everything right. And I, I it just didn't work. <laughs> But yeah, no, at least I can learn from like, oh, I screwed up. I screwed up bad. Now I know what to do. For sure. Indeed. Well, on that, uh, let's talk a little bit about Bespin that happened this weekend. Uh, Matt, you and I and Doug as well all played in this. I know you guys were mostly practicing for uh, XTC. Uh, I believe you both flew your XTC lists. I did not. Oh, you decided to have fun instead. Yeah, (laughs) I tried. Didn't. (laughs) But, uh, what did um, you bring? I brought Dengar with Zam because Zam is the, my big takeaway from this this weekend is Zam is just one of the worst things in the game right Too now. Good. Yeah, um, the, and ah. that was with me flying it because like my opponent in the first game just was he was he didn't get to have fun because Dengar was like, okay, yeah, shoot at me every time. I will do a ton of damage back to you. And then um, my second game was against Django Zam. And that's the game that I swear I did everything. Well, not everything right, but I I made plenty of turns right. Because there was one turn that... uh, So it's also got Seavor, Paylob, and a Z95 that had... uh, Your Kato, I believe. Yeah, and it had... It was... um, Yeah, because he would steal a a focus from Paylob every once in a while. (laughs) or who would steal it from somebody else. So it was like, okay, I'll take that. And then I will take that. Uh, but focus. but uh, <laughs> the, uh, there was a turn because they, the, uh, uh, Paylob had false transponder codes. Dangar had face, false transponder codes. And so did Kato and Seavor pre- basically is a false transponder code. Mm-hmm. But so like, for so many turns, he just had zero tokens. He could not, you know, he didn't have target lock. He did, like, I would put a jam on somebody on Zam. So whenever, you know, he would reveal his you should have thanked me card, he doesn't get the target lock. And there's one turn where Dangar fired a proton torpedo and then Paylob, Sivor, and Kato all shot at Django and I did zero damage. And it was just like, no. this isn't going well. Yeah, that's <laughs> rough. That, that was that was the turn where I was like, I swear I did everything right here. Mm-hmm. And then the next turn I called Zam going wrong. And that was where I messed up. But I was like, you know, I understand. But, you know, it's like after that first turn, it was like, man, I should have should have had at least some shields here. You know, now something just jumped out at me. You were running Zam crew on Dengar. Yeah. Now, for most people, the appeal of Zam crew is getting that free second attack, but Dengar has that baked in anyway. So if no one shoots at Dengar to activate as a bonus attack, you still can get one with Zam. So I see why that's out there. But it kind of feels like that almost seems to telegraph what you're choosing with Zam, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because you can basically say... You can basically say Dengar gets at least one attack per turn, maybe two, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I think is if you, you should pick, just play Dengar with you should thank me face up on him. Like, yeah, pretty <laughs> much yeah. you're gonna it's, pick every single. Yeah. You shoot me and I get a target lock, or you don't shoot me and I shoot you twice. Like, yeah, yep. And then if you ignore him, he's got auto blaster and Greedo, so he's just going to 
you know, get behind you and be like, here, have free crits. Yeah, I, I, Zam, I mean, Zam is ridiculous under-costed, but it synergizes yeah. with Dengar really, really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zam needs to be like 10 points. Yeah, she's going to get yeah, a Yeah, she, she legitimately sure. does. Hodge come back down to four. And what is All she right. now? Matt, would you like four. to release Smittle on the podcast? Four. Justice <laughs> for Cavill. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't want it on Boba. I just want Han on Cavill. I understand that points. because I, I want I want Cavill to be good again. I remember, like in that that first little bit of second edition, it was like Cavill is worth taking, and then I he do just think wasn't. A possibility he's back though with the. So I have a list that makes use of Cavill specifically for his pilot skill, but in an yeah. Oh. So it's uh, those turns uh, are two points. Put one on him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's Cavill with dorsal turret. Hull upgrade, an R four astromech, Han Solo gunner, and Tyrfon hey, belly run. Oh, never mind. Okay, you're good. I understand so, why you have R four gunner now. So. Yeah, R four gunner because yeah. of Han. So the idea is you just park yourself on a rock, get your Han focus, and clear it the next turn with the R four. Uh, so, so you you get that defensive extra bonus from the Tyrfon belly run, which kind of helps counteract the one agility of the Y wing, and oh, then my- running. Oh, sorry. Go Ru- ahead, finish running him with uh, Old Terok with Fearless and Shield Upgrade, and then Tapusk with Maul Crew, Engine Upgrade, Shield Upgrade, and Moldy Crow title. I admit, I don't like it. <laughs> 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 but, but you know, it, 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 anything yep. that gets, gets uh, Cavill back on the board, I'm, I'm I, happy to uh, see. I think the new, the new droid, R4B11, I think Cavill's back with that okay so there's a little trick with uh r4b11 that i found that i really like is uh Seavor can jam somebody give them a jam token and then you can spend that uh with r4b11 because it's a orange token orange or red token yeah, yep. that's yeah so so like if you can get somebody without a token then give them the jam like so if you have say you have somebody at i3 as well uh yeah, it, so you can be like, all right, now I'm also gonna make you re-roll your your uh your dice. Yeah, it's, so. it's situationally useful uh, with like false transponder codes as well. That's what I'm running yeah. my cavil with it is Dorse Turret Protorps R4B11 and false transponder codes. Yeah. So if you lock somebody without uh, a token, without a token, it's double great. But yeah. if you don't, even if you don't end up spending your target lock on the torpedo, you can just re-roll their dice if you don't need to spend your target lock. Yep. Like, um, plus that works with the dorsal turret as well. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as good as the stupid undercosted nine point pro torp four point Hans Hunter Cavill was. Yeah, <laughs> it won't uh, be. That, uh, nothing's going to be that. That efficient. list should not have been one hundred and ninety points. <laughs> uh, but yes, I don't know if he'll be back back, but I'm going to give him a try at least. Like yeah, mm-hmm. try. Yeah. Well, uh, Doug, how did you do it, Bestman? Uh, I went two and two before I dropped. Um, I was like you said earlier. I was mostly playing to practice. Uh, I pretty much only planned on playing three or four rounds unless I was, you know, kicking butt. And uh, um, I'm trying to remember the tournament. I remember my last round because it was uh, against Spamtex. It was six of the I threes, and I went to Final Salvo, which is weird because I have a two ship list. <laughs> but it turns out that Von Reg is the same cost as one dead Nantex and two half Nantex. And uh, unfortunately, Vonreg died on the last turn uh, of shooting, uh, or like the last turn before time expired. So I had to try and win a 3v15 final salvo. How did it go? Uh, I rolled zero, and then he (laughs) rolled three dice and got one, and then he didn't bother rolling the rest. He rolled them one at a time? 
No, he rolled three. Like, oh, he okay. Rolled three at a time. <laughs> he just oh, rolled come on. Three if you're the simulator, why would you not take the opportunity to roll 15 dice? I don't know, man. <laughs> no, the point is, is I, I lost that and, and dropped. That's, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember my other rounds, which I feel bad because they were good games. Uh, mm. I know I lost to Aketsu. Uh, oh, it was Smittle's uh, Aces list, but with Ketsu instead of Fen. Uh, Bosk, Kanan, and Ketsu. Uh, oh, okay. And that one is real bad for Kyle of because I usually yeah. only shoot with one ship a turn. And guess what? Kanan says that shot doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ketsu is really scary if she ever manages to do the thing. Yeah. yeah. So what, what did me in that game is I, I took a unmodified shot from Ketsu at range two with Kylo having a focus, and he rolled one, and I blanked out, and then I got tractored onto a rock. And, oh. uh, then the game ended. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, like I, I had a good time. I was I was there to practice the list, and uh, everybody was was great opponents. So no yeah. uh, no ill will there. Yeah, I signed up at the last minute due to peer pressure, and flew my four X two Z. Peer pressure was you convincing yourself for the record. <laughs> I he didn't know only, what Eunice is only peer. <laughs> exactly. See that that's anything I decide to do is peer pressure by that definition. So I brought 4X2Z and started out 0-2 as I have started out almost every single Gold Squadron tournament. Uh, and I was feeling a little disgruntled. Uh, the, the Gold Squadron rule that the if the game ends during the planning phase, it's over, wound up losing me my second game. And I was I was upset about that because it was I, I lost to a procedural thing rather than a playing thing but I do understand that's how the game goes. And I thought, no, you know, I don't want to end the tournament on a salty note. And then I proceeded to win my next three games in some of the most exciting fashions that I've had to play. And then my last round, I came up against Jason Chong, who made it into the top four, who was the uh, Django Zam that you had to face, Matt. Yeah. And normally... I that list the 4x2z deals with Django Zam really well by just flying at it and shooting a lot and overwhelming whichever ship you choose to focus on, ignoring the other one because they can still only shoot at one ship a turn. However, man, Jason was so good with that list. He was expert at dropping those thermal detonators to make sure I had no way out of them. Uh, he never let me get more than two shots a turn on either of his ships because he he maneuvered so expertly that as much as I thought I was going to be able to bring the whole formation around, I always had to split something off to get around an obstacle or to avoid self-bumping. Exploited the hell out of that. So I felt like... You know, I felt like a mook in a Jackie Chan movie where everything I try, he just like, counter, 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 counter. And somewhere in the back of my head, I go, oh, that's what it feels like. So I, I lost at uh, 4 a.m. and happily slept for the entire rest of the day. Uh, the tournament was eventually won by the aforementioned Kansas. I believe uh, he's out of Man Manhattan or where's Virgil? McPherson. Greg, you live in Kansas. You should know. Yeah, don't you all know uh, each other? I. Uh, it's one of those. Yeah, one of those I don't know. I don't go. I don't go west. That's true. <laughs> I uh, I stay in my own spot in Kansas. I go south a little bit sometimes. Yeah, but Virgil Hayward, out of either Manhattan or McPherson, possibly I'm pretty both. Pretty sure it's McPherson. Uh, was I, I feel flying, like we know the Manhattan guys pretty well. Yeah. So he was flying a scum list with Han Solo, Fenrao, Constable Zuvio, and Unkar Plutt, 
And holy cow, those two quad jumpers were the unsung heroes of the day because they came in clutch so many times. Quad jumpers won me crossroads, man. Like quad jumpers have never not been amazing. They were expensive, yeah. and that was why they weren't played. And that was they were too. They but now when they're all twenty nine points, like that's just free real estate, as the kids say. Yeah, they also they, have they, like the two point protector glib you can throw on one, which is amazing. And... Yeah, the yeah. the all the quad jumpers going up to like thirty one plus was was like I don't I can't justify it, but now that they're back to twenty nine, it's like okay, all right, this makes sense. Agreed. I did oh I did run the thirty two point quad jumpers one time because one time I ran Fen and four quad jumpers, and that was exactly two hundred. <laughs> um, not enough offense, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> But yeah, like they're now that they're back at twenty nine, and including they obviously bet our Ungar Plot and Zuvio. Yeah. Um, like oh man. The same price there. Obviously, this the Jacko Gunners and I one have a place as well. But yeah. the fact that you have your choice based on those that same price is amazing for them. The the way that Virgil played those quad jumpers was awesome to watch because he, you know, I've seen uh, you know Dan Peterson has flown Ungar Plot since first edition, and he would take advantage of you know, giving yourself a tractor token and moving yourself out of arc. But this guy, uh, Virgil just had it down. He would, you know, he would get his quad jumpers. They'd be in arc of somebody. And then both of them would, both of the quad jumpers would take a tractor token and then just dodge out of the way. It was just like, this is, this is good. I don't know that I'm that good. (laughs) It's like, I don't know how to plan that. Uh, I've I've played Virgil before uh, on I think it was at Corellia like the one of the first GSP events and he's a really good guy and uh, he 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 like you said he did some really cool things with the quad jumpers and uh, I think he took advantage of the fact that people like to joust and they don't respect that being range one of a quad jumper is not a good thing. Yeah, sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't well, be there. Be, being anywhere within range three of a quad jumper, if you're in its front arc, you're getting tractor next turn. Yeah. It's it's just the way it's gonna go, but yeah, like, yeah. Quad jumpers have been out of the meta since the very beginning of second edition. So like, even though they've been good, people probably aren't used to flying against them anymore, which yeah, uh, is a huge advantage for that kind of ship that takes advantage of people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, with all the tournaments out of the way, we're gonna talk about our topic for this week, which uh, we actually brought Matt on specifically for. We're gonna talk about configurations uh, and how they affect the game and. Kind of, uh, this is just for fun. We are not trying to uh, second-guess AMG here. But the idea of coming up with what ships could be fixed by a configuration being added for them. Uh, To give a bit of background, this is something that Greg and I have actually talked about that we both have work experience with. Uh, Configurations are new to 2.0. What they do in modifying a ship in first edition was handled through titles. And that was always confusing because some titles were unique, like the Millennium Falcon or the Mist Hunter, and other ones like Royal Guard Tie you could have on multiple ships. So it was kind of weird. This way, uh, you have configurations that can go, you can have multiple ones out there. There aren't any unique configurations, to my knowledge. Uh, And they adjust how a ship behaves. The analogy we came up with was... uh, Greg, I don't know if everybody here knows what you do for a living, so what do you do uh, that uh, makes this kind of relevant? Sells power converters. <laughs> I do. Um, I am a helicopter mechanic. 
specifically on the uh, UH-60 Blackhawk, right? Yes. Uh, so I guess I could just explain where you're going with this, if you want yeah, me to. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, the UH-60 has different configurations uh, for whatever mission it is going to accomplish. Um, so I work on the Mike model helicopters, um, which is an assault, uh, I guess, platform. Uh, so it has like 11 seats inside for uh, packs, uh, like, uh, sorry, uh, troops. <laughs> and uh, then um, uh, and it's just set up for four crew members. And then, but there's also um, hotels. Uh, which are medical platforms. There is, oh, so there's a special forces one, which I can't remember off the top of my head. The Night Stalker. Okay, yeah. but I can't and, remember what config. I want to say uniform for whatever uh, Yeah, reason. I think that's a uniform. Uh, but, but it's set up with gun platforms. Um, you have the Navy has their own configuration. Uh, the Air Force has their own. So it's just, it is the same airframe. There's like, 3,000 in the world, and there's there like a bunch of different ones. Yeah. And so it's just whatever suits the mission uh, you have an airframe for. Exactly. So they're all a UH-60 Blackhawk, but they all fill different roles and behave slightly differently. Mm -hmm. uh, a great example, almost uh, exactly, is the Alpha Starwing, the, the gunboat, where you've got the configuration that you're rigging it out for cannons or the configuration that you're going to make it an ordnance carrier. That's almost identical to how it works on the UH-60. You just decide. Now, you could even fly the naked base model UH-60L uh, out there, which I don't think anybody does anymore. We have uh, three. <laughs> you're the National Guard. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If I may cut in real hmm? quick, uh, another configuration with even more drastic change is the difference between Delta, Delta B and CLT on the Oh, wow, yeah. Exactly. You know, there you have the the base ether sprite is on its own a zippy little interceptor platform. The configuration and modification of calibrated laser targeting makes it uh, an incredibly accurate shooter. And then the Delta Seven B is an overhaul that we're going to add some armor to it. We're going to you know, increase its guns. It's going to cost a little bit of agility in the process, but that's exactly how it works. You're still flying a, uh, is it a Nimbus class? No, Nimbus it, is the B. It is. Oh, it is no, a Nimbus. It's, it's Nimbus, yeah. Yeah, Nimbus class uh, Ether Sprite. So that's precisely how configurations work. So what the five of us did is we looked at ships that might be a little uh, lackluster, that there, there's something missing from them that can be possibly remedied by a configuration. Uh, again, this is not us trying to fantasy book or second guess AMG. These are just some examples of what could come out with, uh, you know, how configurations could be used to make some ships a little bit spicier. Mm -hmm. uh, who'd like to go first on this one? I'll go. Okay. Okay. Um, so I chose to do a... Configuration upgrade for the, uh, so it's restricted to the limited seek interceptor. Oh, so okay. not the generics, just the named pilots. Um, it adds uh, a boost link red focus and a barrel roll link red focus, um, and potentially it could replace the hard point um, ship chassis ability. 
somehow. And instead of uh, doing all of the uh, like uh, munitions that it could take, it would decrease uh, bank maneuvers. Uh, I chose bank maneuvers mainly because it doesn't, it could probably keep the cost down because uh, it's not a hard turn. So you would still have to maneuver well. Um, but what it would do is it would allow for the named Sikh pilots to become more uh, of an interceptor. Like it is well, called an interceptor. interceptor. Yeah. And I honestly, so again, this is just for fun and we're not nitpicking FFG or AMG. Um, but I don't know why it's not a faster ship or a more maneuverable ship in the game. It's an interceptor that doesn't have boost. Yeah, it's weird. And then when they barrel roll, that's the only action. So it's really confusing because, like, sometimes when you fly Sarasu, like, you want to put, like, two loaded out ships and then somebody has Sarasu. And it's just like, okay, well, there's Sarasu. I know why she's in the list. You know, but if you had... I I was kind of thinking, like, Sunny Bounder, she would be fun because you could put this on and then block her... Um, you know, get in better spots, but a seek you just kind of fly and it just kind of lands where it lands and you don't do any reposition, you don't have a focus token after that, mm-hmm. and then a seek is really easy to kill. Hear me out though, you bring okay. seven of them, but I'm joking. I love <laughs> yeah. and I that love- is why I chose limited. I love your configuration, by the yeah. Way. I like I really this, yeah. it's almost like the old light seek, uh title but which it does something but it does something cheaper. yeah yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah I actually forgot about that yeah you're, you're singing the song of my people of the the scrub cast because we love to raz on this ship because it's called an interceptor but it doesn't have a three hard it doesn't have a boost it's like how is this an interceptor right. what are you in, what is so slow that you are able to intercept it should have been called the m3a sick tie fl <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but that's mine I like it. I like it. Uh, What I went with was one of the, if not the most, underplayed ship in the game right now, which is the Rebel TIE Fighter. So a configuration I was just calling Rebel Refit uh, would be a standardized configuration, would be Rebel only and TIE only, and it would be one of those two-sided ones. Uh, Side one would be Captured. You equip this side face-up during setup, and the ability would be when you become the defender, assign the attacker a disarm token, then flip this card. So similar to the way that the captured tie modification worked in first edition, where ships of lower PS couldn't shoot you until you shot, this would be out there going, okay, you are a ship that doesn't look like it fits with the rest of your squad, so until someone shoots at you and misses to, to kind of expose it, and then the flip side would be exposed with no text, uh, the idea that you could have your the the first shot against them effectively always misses is how that comes out. Uh, it could be, and it's standardized because of the idea that if the if the rebels have stolen one tie fighter, they can steal more. You can fly more than one rebel tie in a list. I have they stole a, list of- a lot of they stole a lot of ships in that show. They really <laughs> did. Grand I Theft do like this idea, but I think there should be some clause about 
when you attack it flipping as well because somebody like Captain Rex would abuse this really Oh, abs absolutely. You know, if you're if you're unable to be shot there. So making it behave more like the original captured tie title, but I just loved that idea that until someone shoots at you, you are yeah, you're going to be ignored, which is how the original title worked. Uh, so I have an idea. Hmm? What if, uh, like, during setup, you assigned yourself a weapons disarmed, uh, weapons disabled token, and you don't remove it during the end phase, and then when you become the defender, you may transfer your disarm token to... Oh, that would be even better. Yeah, that's that would, spicy. That is, even, oh. that is perfectly the mechanic I was looking for, so that you that have a disarm token that doesn't clear... And then you can pass it off yeah. to do that dodge and oh look it's me blah. <laughs> oh, I, I really like that. That's big, like yeah, that's a very rebel way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the timing works for if you're already the, the defender and then they get a weapons or a disarm token. How that works, but you, you could say when you would become the defender. Yeah, assign. Yeah, so you you mm -hmm. could make it work, but like. It's like not even difficult mechanically because you could like even say you just keep the disarm token on the card while a disarm token is on this card. You may not perform attacks. Yeah, and That's then true. yeah, or yeah. well, yeah, a ch use a charge. Yeah, so that yeah, yeah. while but, the charge yeah, is active, I, I, yeah. Attacks. yeah, I really, I really like that version of it. Uh, Doug, mm -hmm. what did you come up with? Uh, I have two. Uh, the first one I wasn't sure because I didn't know if Greg was going to pick the ship, but uh, since he went to seek, I'll uh, I'll do the Star Fortress, the Resistance bomber. Um, I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast before that I really wish Trajectory Simulator was its ship ability instead of a card. Yeah. Uh, so I went with a configuration that is similar to it. Uh, you remove the free three die front primary arc, uh, so it is just a two die bow turret uh, bow tie. Uh, but then it adds that you can launch bombs using any three, four, or five speed template. Um, so it's actually a super Trajectory Simulator at that point. Um, but the reason I went with it being stronger is I think you could keep the cost relatively the same. Uh, because that makes it a very expensive bomber, but as a result, it's going to be the best bombing ship in the game. Yeah. Like the the yeah. raw variety of dropping bombs there is insane. You take out that big front-facing cannon and replace it with a bomb launcher, basically. Yeah, exactly. Which is I exactly would, how a configuration should work. <laughs> I would love this. This would actually turn the MG100 bomber into a bomber, and instead of me just flying Vinny, who's a gunboat. Yeah. I would love it. I, I I did not, so I read your note, by the way, and then I did my seek, and I loved yours so much that I just didn't even touch the stuff. Uh, and uh, I didn't even attempt to put a cost on this because I have no idea. Like, yeah. My gut says that it's probably around the same price as a 3-die primary because you still have to spend, spend points for bombs on it. Yeah. Um, and the, the natural expensiveness of the chassis will keep it from being too abusive, but I, it could be overpowered as, as hell. I don't know. All right. I think said, I think it would be I think it, it'd be okay uh, because I think you would actually only put bombs on it. Yeah. Instead and, of when you get a star fortress and you just put everything on it because otherwise it's just kind of worthless. Yeah. And one thing about the star fortresses that make trajectory feel feel more fair on them than other ships is it's really hard to get out of your own bombs on a large base ship. Yeah. Um, and this would have more options because you, mm -hmm. you could three throw you could throw with a three turn one way and then turn the other, but. You know, yeah. I, I still think it would be relatively balanced. Yeah, I love this one. Okay. Yep. And you said you had a second one. What else did you come up with? Uh, it was for E-Wings. Uh, it would uh, change experimental scanners, which is their, they can lock beyond range three, but not at range one. Uh, I would change it to, you can acquire locks only beyond range three. 
Uh, but then add a ship ability that is after you perform a booster barrel action, you may perform a red focus action. Uh, so essentially, you still get their their they get their target lock at the beginning of the game. They get to enter with full mods, uh, but now they have to truly disengage in order to reacquire that lock. And but they get to actually have useful linked actions. Yeah, this would actually make Corin a ace again. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it would have to cost points because they've made Ewoks oh, yeah. really cheap since they came out. Uh, yes, but that's have. fine. Like that's yeah. I, I think configurations that cost points but add actual strength are really interesting. I think that's perfectly fine to make the E-wing a little bit more expensive if you give them the link into focus. Uh, because what feels bad about their price right now is that there is no link into focus. So you get shot, you lose half points on you know whatever your how much are they like sixty something sixty one. Oh, the generics are really cheap now, but like yeah, Corrin, it's still are they really cheap now? They're, yeah, they're, they're like, like 49, 48, yeah. something. Okay, like yeah, but it's still like it would be nice if they had the link into focus for sure. Yeah, All yeah, right. no, that it's really missing that. Okay, uh, Alex, what did you bring us for a configuration? All right, so I have three very real and legitimate configurations. <laughs> the first one is a fan configuration, which removes Concordia face off and gives them auto thrusters. This one's that serious because I want this for Fenrao. No, <laughs> come on! <laughs> like he's he's mortal at range one now. He gets his extra die, but not the free mod in exchange. Yeah, you're never gonna get shot, age. so it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, <laughs> soon tier gets shot. Like, yeah, that's fair. Just with double because it's not supernatural, Kylo. Like, yeah, it's definitely a straight upgrade for Fen specifically. Yeah, though. I'll pay points for it too. Hundred percent. I'm ready uh, to pay points. Any number. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but like, really, only Fen would be the one who would do that. Because Tarak wants to be range one in arc. Yeah. Um, and then okay. the rest of the fangs are stronger as a jouster than an ace. Um, the second one is a YV666 configuration called the Hound's Other Teeth that allows you to dock any number of Z95s. Uh-huh. Your entire <laughs> life is Hound's here I come. With, with yeah, it's just all Z95s. It yeah. looks like Bosk in a dream, but then he dies and eight Z95s come flooding out. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. The Hound's <laughs> Other it's Teeth. Like, it's like one of those nature documentaries where, like, an egg sack opens and all the spiders exactly. come rushing. That's what Doug said last night. <laughs> 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 uh, but they, in the Wraith Squadron book, Wraith Squadron did this, so I feel like it's thematic. Yeah, didn't they get like ten X wings and a lambda or something? It was. <laughs> they, they were all what? smushed together in the lambda. It was. It was a big lambda. Um, but also, uh, okay, for my real configuration, it's a jump master configuration. It has three non-recurring charges. Um, during the system phase, spend one charge to reduce the difficulty of your next basic maneuver. Um, so they, it's, this is a straight upgrade. You're costing points for this, but it allows them to be a ship with a dial because that dial prevents them from even being a mostly usable ship with some exceptions. Like Dengar is an exception, but okay. Dengar would probably pay points to get actual maneuvers. Yeah. Um, so you get a free <laughs> to time be to able pay. to turn right. Yeah. Like, or even clear stress on. Uh, bank to the right, like, um, but then you can at the start of the engagement phase, you can take one strain and one deplete to recover a charge. So you can take money away from your shields and your agility and your attack at the cost yeah. of being able to maneuver again next turn. Ah, uh, and it's the engagement phase, so it actually oh. matters. It does matter, yes. Yeah. Okay. I put it again to like. It'd be similar to like reloading proton torpedoes on Redline. Like, if it happens, you've probably already won the game, but it is an option. Indeed. Like, sometimes you'll just not need to attack or defend that turn, so you might as well get a charge back. There you go. 
Although I just cool. had to look up one thing in the rules reference guide because the hound's other teeth got me thinking, <laughs> is there a rule that says you can only deploy one ship around? And there's not. It's just that right now, only epic ships can have more we, than one ship docked. We're in it, boys. We're doing it. All right. <laughs> but here's the thing. If a ship tries to deploy and can't, it then it, that, that, that's bad. They can, they can deploy with any template. Boom. I right. But the, idea, the idea that you, you, you have to shoot have them all off facing different directions. In different... Oh, 100%. They are exploding out of this oh my gosh. in all directions. <laughs> <laughs> that you just ram them all into each other when they emergency deploy. And it's you have the like... only card. It's <laughs> an epic only card. Actually, now I'm just picturing them as the Z95s are just like a swarm of flies like hovering around this rotting hound's tooth and like something gets too close so they just scatter. <laughs> so, I, I've never played with it, but in Epic, can the Sea Rock dock ships to it? No. I don't think so. No, I don't only think so. It's only, Why can't only the re it replaced the docking tubes with cargo holders. Oh, It's a different uh, configuration of there you go. Nice. <laughs> That's Way exactly. to tie it in. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, we brought you here to talk configurations. What creative stuff did you come up with here? Uh, I have two suggestions. Um, mm -hmm. One is the Kyrax. So something that bugs me about the game is there's a card called Engine Upgrade. That has and a Kyrax picture on it. It's a picture of a Kyrax <laughs> on it. And what cannot take an Engine Upgrade? A Kyrax. So I was thinking, you know, we had the the Vaxi title from the first edition. Oh. If we we call this the Vaxi configuration, it doesn't do what it did in the last one. However, uh, it is a modification and a configuration, kind of like a double uh, uh, like Delta Seven B is. Yeah, mm. or CLT so it, or CLT. Yeah, yeah. CLT. Uh, so it takes up one of its mod mm -hmm. slots, which is fine because it's got two mod slots. Mm -hmm. And so, but it adds a red boost. So what you can do with that is the Kyrax has a second modification slot that you could for, use for engine upgrade. For you could use for engine right. upgrade, and that would turn it white, and that'd be great for Talonbane who wants to be range one, but you know, I mean, kind of wants to be range one, <laughs> not as much there. as a, a thing fighter, but. <laughs> But, you know, he gets there and he's like, you know, he has to take afterburners to do it. But if if this is a pointless upgrade, as in it costs point, cost no points. Uh, and then it's just two points for an engine upgrade. He might take it, you know, uh, you're trading your flexibility with your loadout in exchange for that extra speed. Right. Well, yeah. the other thing that I says, you, oh, sorry, Go ahead. Yeah, if it's a zero point upgrade, then you absolutely put it on a cartel marauder, take two point engine upgrade and I'll fly five of those every day. Yeah. So I was thinking you might price price it based on initiative because like like our cartel would take it and it'd be great, but like Talonbane's gonna get way more use out of boost than yeah. a cartel is. Or yeah. a cartel would be decent, but like Graz the Hunter is in the middle and is gonna get the least use out of it, sort of thing. Yeah. The other suggestion I had is also kind of inspired by something from first edition is the VCX. At the end of first edition, I flew a VCX that was running around with ion torpedoes. And it caught a lot of people off guard. It had a special firing arc to where you could fire torpedoes out of the, the butt. That's right. Torpedoes yeah. only. <laughs> I, I took a VCX to Worlds one year with, I think, Miranda. Yep. And I had Protorps. And it caught people off guard all the time. They totally yeah. forgot you could do it. So my idea is, so right now it's got a, a tail gun ship ability, which allows you to shoot whatever 
with the primary sure. value of whatever yeah. ship is docked. So mm-hmm. just uh, replace tail gun with um, like rear torpedo tubes or something like that. Call it that, whatever. And so right now the VCX has a torpedo slot, but who's going to take torpedoes oh, on a, take it? Yeah. When you right, have a four dive primary? Yeah. <laughs> so you that this is a reason it, it gives you a reason to do that, but also makes it dangerous out the back because right now you're not going to dock a sheathapede or an attack shuttle. You know, it's like the the points are too valuable, too precious to leave a dock ship at this, you know, in the in the meta. Yeah. So the docked ghost is probably one of the last things that's still paying the price for first edition. Yeah. Like most of the other ships have been buffed to the point where you can still use them. But it's just just no point in docking something to a ghost. Yeah. So you give it give it that back and it just allows you to shoot uh, torpedoes out the rear and it gives it gives the ghost a little more time on target, which I think it really needs. I mean, and you would still have to have a lock, so it's not like it's going to overpower the ghost. But uh, yeah, it, it, it'll uh, give it give it some Flexible. give it some more teeth. It'll get it on the table at least. Yeah, right. yeah. that'd be the hope. We're yeah. talking that ghost dock ships on the ghost aren't worth it, and I agree. But what if we could dock any number of Z ninety five? Oh my god. <laughs> 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 Any you just love this before C95 the attack shuttles or sheets of peace. But yeah, I really like the idea that there's so much room out there for configurations. In fact, we've seen configurations be released after a ship to add more options to it. Uh, we saw it with these uh, stabilized S foils for the B Wing, which have come in really handy on a lot of these ships. Uh, the vector turrets, is it, for the uh, RZ-1A wing? That turns oh, that's just their vector, oh, RZ-1, yeah. Uh, yeah, the RZ-1. RZ-1, the, vectored cannons. Vectored cannons, cannons, yeah. yeah. That uh, they, they get the rotate action. And uh, the sensitive controls, which I have seen played now, and I still don't like it, but I can see the strategic use of it. I don't think it's good at two points, but... If that becomes cheaper, that can really change how you fly interceptors. Yeah. Uh, could, could I tell you, I really want to try it on Blackout because Blackout really wants advanced sensors that he doesn't have a slot for anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe once the, the, the Thai silencer comes out and you can put Kylo in something other than a silencer so oh, you don't have to worry about yeah. Oh, the Whisper, yeah. Sorry, Whisper. Mm-hmm. And then you can you don't have to worry about you know, hampering Kylo by uh, giving him the... Oh, so they, can, uh, they can design a Kylo in the Whisper that doesn't require being half your list because he's so stupid good as a raw <laughs> ship. Yeah. But that way... Just basis. But I, w- <laughs> I would just like to try Kylo... Or Blackout without having to hamper Kylo with sensitive controls, you know? So that yeah. it would, it'd be... An interesting little. Uh... Oh, because it's standardized, right? Yeah, I yeah. have messed around with it a little bit. Um, I, I, it felt good when I had either a G or a, a Upsilon with him to give him a little more action economy. Yeah, that felt pretty good. Um, but yeah, uh, like if if the if the whisper came out so that you aren't hampering Kylo by bringing it, I think that could be interesting. Yeah, I put uh, it on a generic uh, Sinar, and it was pretty fun to fly. Yeah, they seem like good blockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I, I was trying to think, you, you mentioned Blackout, and I suddenly thought of, well, what else could Blackout really use to control that pre-move positioning? And I had to look up exactly how Agent Tarek's pilot worked. Unfortunately, he can only pass the uh, illicits to tie FOs and tie SFs. Yeah. Because yeah. suddenly I had the idea of, what if I could have Agent Tarek just throw inertial dampeners on Blackout and park him behind a rock? <laughs> I just leave him there for three turns. I mean, there's a very specific reason. That's because you don't want cloaking device on Kylo. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Or a false transponder. Because uh, you best believe I'd be running Tarek Supernatural Kylo, and then it would be a decloaking Supernatural Reflex oh, Kylo. God. You've already stated that you felt bad for one of your opponents or something like that, because you're like, oh no, because well, like yeah, Supernatural but... Kylo, Kylo with Prime Thrusters is like. It's not an MTE, but it's just like, I'm sure every time you do oh, it, they're just like, oh my god. An MTE. Well, uh, so it's it weird because the more you've played against Supernatural Kylo, the more of an MTE becomes. Because that's the first true. few times, you're just like, man, that's crazy. How'd you do that? And then you realize that nothing you decide matters. You're just like, oh, add cloaking device. And you're just like happy about it. It's like, that would be like the moment where it's just like, I'm, please I get mean, away from me. At that point, it's not about their fun. It's about my fun. And I'm having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you mentioned so the only person playing X-Wing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Watching Doug game today on Twitch, watching the Twitch chat go absolutely gaga when they realize that Supernatural Prime Thrusters Kylo can still use his auto thrusters ability while stressed. Yeah. Yeah. And watching them all go, wait, how did he just... He was behind a rock. How is he now in front of the rock and flanking you? What? What just happened? <laughs> you can tell it that it's a wholesome list because that Twitch chat was full of, wait, did he just do that? Was that legal? Like, it's like 90% <laughs> of that Twitch chat was them questioning whether I was cheating or not. Yeah, there was, so it, uh, not too many people have tried this that I know of, but like auto thrust or not auto thrusters, prime thrusters, Poe with um, the, with the, the uh, yeah. With the overdrive, overdrive prime, oh man, God, it, yeah. it, Ooh. I played it once. And so like, you know, Dan Peterson, he flies Gurry, who is also in this class of NPE end game where it's like, oh, you have three ships. Well, not you, you, you none of them are going to get shots, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's, I tried really but, hard to make a non-advanced sensors reliant configuration, and I just couldn't. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. You can go back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing we came up for that was to swap advanced sensors for for uh, a tech slot. But uh, anyway, um, the oh, you, you you threw me off my train track. Uh, I'm so sorry. Oh um, yeah, uh, Poe. Yeah. So like, I was flying against Dan Peterson, flying Gurry, who is you know he he knows. Uh, the way that I view Doug Howe with Supernatural Kylo is how I view Dan Peterson with Advanced Sensors Gurry. It's like yeah. this person mm. is like at so. the. What's yeah. that? Maybe even more so. Like, yeah, he's it, but, truly dedicated himself to Gurry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's every time he plays, that ship's in the list. So he's got plenty of Perfect experience. Mastery. But Perfect mastery. But having I6, you know, Poe being able to, you know, <laughs> double reposition and even if i'm stressed i can still do that you know overdrive a mm -hmm. uh, double reposition and like poe can man he he gets he's not as ridiculous as guri or kylo but he you can't really nail him down because with prime thrusters he doesn't have to do that blue maneuver that he is always trying to do so it gets fun 
you mentioned that, and I just real quick built a Poe. So if you take Poe with backward tail slide, BB-8, prime thrusters, overdrive thrusters, the black one title, and just for fun, heavy laser cannon, because you might want to, you know, line up a bullseye with all this. That's a hundred point Poe <laughs> that you can reveal a blue maneuver, do a barrel roll, do a two-speed boost, and then line use that to line up an uh, HLC bullseye. That is, yeah, you're exactly right. That's Gurry levels of stupid, and I love it. And if you went over an asteroid, hey, you got an evade token. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody want to fly 100 point Poe? Mark, Mark Myers, where are you at? <laughs> I've never flown a BBA Poe because I don't know if I can. And like the two uses scares me. Yeah. That's, um, but I'm very intrigued. It's the that's the real kicker is it's just two charges and it costs so much. It's what nine points for Poe for yeah, two charges. Points. It's like yeah, eight, eight, eight points. points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, prime thrusters is ten points on Poe. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's not two time use. You can use prime yeah. thrusters. Yeah. He still has overdrive thrusters turns. is eight points on Poe. So yeah, yeah. Uh, putting a lot of these upgrades well, makes Poe super expensive. But we're just talking yeah. specifically about BB eight though. Yeah, like, yeah. It's two like, charges. I know um, I can get my money's worth out of prime thrusters. I know I can get my money's worth out of overdrive, but I, I don't think I can get my money's worth out of BB eight yeah, in I, any yeah, circumstance. If you are perfect with your BB eight play, I think you can. Yeah. yeah. The, the big difference between Poe and somebody like Kylo Rigori is Poe has to accurately, like, look at the entire scope of the game and accurately use two charges of BB eight, whereas. Yeah. Kyle and Gory can just do whatever they want because they can do it every turn without yeah. fail. Like so, so, I realized something else in this list. So, if you do that, you're going to have Poe double stressed a lot, even if he's doing blue maneuvers. So, so R four anyway. No, not not necessarily R four. What if you had someone that could remove stress from friends, like say J. Chris Tubbs? Oh, J. Chris. Oh, yeah, because J. Chris Tubbs is going to keep up with backwards tails like prime thrust, <laughs> yeah. overdrive booster, black one, heavy laser cannon foe. How are you, you going to fit J. Chris Tubbs? How are you going to fit J. Chris in when you have ninety-four points for Vinny? True. You can't, I mean, that's what I'm seeing here. Like you're talking, I got a hundred and six point Poe, and I'm like, I got ninety-four points for this big boy. Yeah. <laughs> Or you throw the 100-point uh, Poe, 94-point Venny, and a 6-point bid. There you are. There's well, I put proton torpedoes on, and I know it's yeah, not necessary. Well put proton <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, like, well, actually, I could take off proton torpedo, and then I could just do ray gunner. I mean, on you Vinny. can put ray gunner on Poe? That's awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate resistance. <laughs> Broken. Uh, but yeah, that configuration's great addition to the game. Uh, yeah. I love I love the the there are so many options out there. The fact that we were just able to brainstorm some ones that if you look at it would make sense shows how how wide the array is. I don't think there are any truly useless configurations in the game right now. Uh all Defender of, Elite. I do. Okay. Tide Defender <laughs> Elite is it's it is act yeah. it actively makes your ship worse. And until it costs negative points, I will never think anything else. Independent also, calculations. Also, <laughs> true. Um, independent <laughs> calculations are also pretty rough. Yeah, that one I can at least see. If you have a single tri-fighter... Yeah. yeah. If, if it wasn't three four points, if it wasn't four points, points yeah. I could maybe say, okay, yeah, we should try this out, but nope. That's 
that's one thing that FFG has been really cautious about, and well, yeah, it's all FFG right now. Um, is all of their new configurations that have added unique stuff have all cost? They they all feel a little overcosted. Yeah, I can. I, I can agree. See that. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, Delta B is overcosted. I do agree. <laughs> I said new. <laughs> no, as in adding to old ships new. <laughs> specifically, the standardized, like the standardized, like uh, first of all, I like the idea of a standardized upgrade where it's like, okay, if you put this on one, you got to put it on all of them, so it lessens the uh, the brain load off of your opponent and yourself. Yeah. Uh, again, you you have hiccups like what I was talking about earlier with Blackout and Kylo, but it it you what know narrows things that creates down. that creates interesting list building choices rather than yeah just do what's optimal. Uh, all right, well we have covered uh, news, we've covered upcoming and well we don't have upcoming tournaments at the moment. We had some previous tournaments and we've talked about configurations. So that brings us into the the shout out portion of our podcast. And before you guys jump on it, my father about my father about how it's an outrage. <laughs> Oh, we were going to try and do this fairly, but all right. Other than our father, Bob Howe. Matt, do you have anybody you'd like to shout out this week? I'd like to uh, shout out uh, my friends on the Midwest Scrubcast that Ooh. I am from, obviously. Ooh. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like those folks. And uh, I don't know, just uh, anyone from from XTC, like the, the, the American team. I am. It, it seems like we, we got a, a good... Uh, good engine rolling and hopefully we just keep gaining steam and figuring out how to do this better and better as we go along. So yeah. shout out to all those folks. Absolutely. Um, I, I admit I, at first I was uh, quite a bit bitter about not getting selected, but I understand. And uh, yeah, no, you guys have a great team there and uh, I'm proud of what all of you, including Marcel have been able to accomplish so far. Agreed. Indeed. Anybody else got some uh, shout outs this week? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> in that case, I would actually like to uh, give a okay. shout out to uh, Jeremy Betch, who is uh, Erethulo on uh, Gold Squadrons. Uh, he's one of the regular Twitch folks. I got to play against him the other week in the Gold Squadron on Saturday morning. We were doing the Gold Squadron ban list where you got randomly assigned a faction and there was a list of banned upgrades you could not bring. I got scum and I could not bring thread tracers. Zam Wessel, uh, the Cartel Marauder. So that took out like everything I love about Scum. And I was like, okay, I'm going to fly the Rube Goldberg list. The uh, It's based around Captain Jostero and Tarani Kulda and Seavor and doing as many uh, off you know, bonus attacks as you can. Uh, it includes Gargarim, the Initiative Zero uh, Seek, who would be great with your idea for an upgrade there, Greg. Gargarim mm. would love that. Oh, that's uh, would true. Be awesome. I didn't think that you could that take true. it on him. Yeah, yeah. It, it would, uh, I, I, but, I just like the idea of having a. It, it's essentially would turn it into an A wing, and I would like to have something like that. In I would in love scum. a pocket, a pocket ace and scum, an inquisitor yeah. style or an A wing. I would love that yeah. so much. And yep. definitely prefer closer to A wing than inquisitors. Gonna throw that. <laughs> oh, agreed. But the, the style of not a sixty plus point ace. Right. But again, uh, all the all the credit to Jeremy. We had a great back and forth game, and on the last turn, he had a one hull Podamron, a half point uh, blue squadron recruit. Is it the the uh, the generic P seventy? And I had a full health Gargarim, who no one had shot at, 
and a one-hull Captain Jostero. We come around, and I, I've got to get points on him to win. He PS kills Jostero, and at this point, Dion and Cam Murray, who are commentating, that, well, that was a great game. That was great. Dion even cut away from the the match and then 10 seconds later goes wait it's not over kicks it back because Gargrim at initiative zero had a range three unmodified shot on Poe Dameron and got the kill at the last minute to turn the game around and win on points it was the most ridiculous last minute shot in a game that was just a fun exhibition game that didn't matter I wish I would have had that as a stream win in an actual tournament but it was probably, it, it got me into enjoying playing X-Wing again, because that's the kind of thing I love. Those last minute shots, those unlikely, you know, hey, this dice game turned out to actually be a dice game at some points. I love those moments. So thank you to Jeremy for being a wonderful and gracious opponent when my list was nothing but meme-worthy BS and you turned it into an actual dogfight. So thank you for that. And thanks Gold Squadron for having me on there. And as always, for putting on these tournaments for us. Well, yeah, Dion deserves a statue. Dion might have saved X Wing, like no oh, joke. I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, mean, it at least kept the momentum going. Like we would have been playing, yeah. but it would have all like it would have just all fallen apart, and we would have had to rebuild it. Now it just it been 2012 all over again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, with that, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, for the Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Greg. And I'm the Iron Man, Matt Carey. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for coming, Matt. Thanks for being on. Matt. Hey, Matt. Matt, specifically Carey. I can't emphasize this enough. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the hubs off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.